Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Erin. I am one of the pastors here and I am super excited to be bringing the word today. My husband, Pastor Sean, spoke last week and he like threw me under the bus like three times about my gardening skills. Um, listen, I really want to learn how to garden really well and I try often, like often, often. Actually, I tried again this week because he inspired me by talking smack. So um, <laughs> I was like, when I heard him start to talk about the, the gardening thing, because guys, really, my grandma has like a half an acre of, my grandma's 92 years old, okay? She has like a half an acre of land just planted with flowers and vegetables and things just come up. She's got these things called volunteer plants, which is apparently a thing. They're seeds that weren't planted that were left over from whatever, the previous year or whatever. Things just come up for her. They just grow and they flourish and she's got vegetables and canned tomatoes that line her whole kitchen and it's amazing what she can do and I really want to really want to be like that and I try so pray for me I was I was so when he was talking about that I'm like I hope that somebody that can garden like approaches me after the service and says hey let me help you so if you're that person hey you and me are gonna talk okay <laughs> hey I'm ready I'm ready but hey listen I'm excited to be here today I think I got a, a, a timely word let me just say that so listen, I want to tell you a story about something that was happening to me the other day. Not long ago, I was on the phone with a mentor, and I was going on and on and on and on about how tough my life was, how difficult things were, how I'd been praying about the same thing over and over again, and I wasn't seeing God move. I was tired of the situation. I was tired of having to dealing with, deal with this. Now, mind you, this was all about, um, basically, my kids were sick for two weeks. And as a parent, like, when your kids are sick, like, your heart aches when you see them with their little runny noses and whatever. So, so it was not unjustified that I was tired of seeing them sick, right? But I was going, I was so frustrated with God and I'm going on. I'm like, where's God? Why is he ignoring me? What am I doing wrong, God, why? And she goes, well, honey, because she's from Texas. Well, honey, you lack patience. Nothing else, that's it. Ugh, that got me in my gut, let me tell you. I was like, are you kidding me? Now, anybody that knows me knows every time I'm up here, got a little story to tell you about my lack of patience. Now, this is a minor character flaw that I own. It's just not at the top of the list of my things to change. Right? It's like, it's like number six or seven even. Like, it's way down the list. I'm not... I'm going to get there. I know you're there. I see you. I'll get to you. But this minor character deflect was causing a 
profound negative impact on my relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And when she told me that, it was kind of like one of those moments where I was like, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I do. I lack patience. And now, because this was having such a significant impact on my relationship with the Lord, it was having a significant impact on the rest of my life. I'm telling you every area. Because why? Because our relationship with the Lord determines what? Determines our level of faith. Faith determines our level of hope. Hope determines our outlook. And outlook determines our output, folks. So guess what? It's a chain reaction. I'm tired. Because I'm praying so hard and I'm not, God's not moving. He's not doing what I want him to do when I want him to do it. Which is funny because that's actually how I describe my daughter to people. Well, she wants what she wants when she wants it, right? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not claiming any responsibility for that, folks. <laughs> but listen, listen, I realize in that moment, oh my goodness. And I'll tell you what, I was, I was dragging. And in that moment, I realized, well, I got some work to do. Because a weak relationship, man, that impacts, a weak relationship with the Lord impacts every single other area of your life. But how often is God calling us to be persistent in prayer and we are not moving, right? We're saying, like, God, I prayed for this. Where is it? God, please put money in my bank account. God, please put money in my bank account. God, please, please bring me a husband. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there any guys over there? I'm not looking for a husband. I'm kidding. I don't need to pray for that anymore. <laughs> or, or worse, folks, what about those things that take a little longer? God, take away my anger. I still feel my anger. Why, God, Why? God, take away my grief. Why is it still here? Why am I still feeling it? There's things that God's called us to persist in prayer about. We just give up because they don't come quickly. We blame God. We get mad at God. Worst possible outcome, we walk away from him because we say we don't trust him enough. We expect, we expect him to move on our time frame. But God says sometimes, not yet, honey. Not yet. God says, I want to give you this thing, but you need to have this and this lined up. Because if I gave you that thing now, it would blow up, right? Sometimes God says, hey, you're doing a great job. But it's just not time yet. It's just not time. And when my time comes, I'm going to give it to you, and it's going to be amazing. But it's not the time that you expect. It's mine. These are the times that character is built, right? These are proving times where we see what we're made of, where we see where our faith is. Oh, man. Let me tell you, these are the times for staying power. And that, folks, is the title of my message today. It is Staying Power. What is staying power? The ability to maintain an activity or a commitment. 
despite fatigue or difficulty. God knows what he has for us. He knows his plans for us. He believes that we, he wants us to have great life. He wants us to experience breakthrough in every area. He wants us to have great things. He wants us to love our life. That's what he wants for us. Listen, that's what he wants. That's what he has for us. That's his plan. That's his best plan for us. But how it looks to us and how it looks to him can be different. We have this story in the Bible, and everybody knows me, knows I love the Old Testament. So I want to give you a little background about Jeremiah 29, right? Everybody knows that scripture. Say it with me. For the, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. That's right. We all know it. It's like John 3.16, man. We all know it. It's good, right? It's a good scripture. That's meaty right there. But I want to talk to you about the context of that scripture, right? So let me tell you a little bit about what was going on. So Jeremiah is this prophet. I'm not going to give you the whole backstory because that would take a really long time and I'd get really into it. And then 45 minutes later, I would be now starting my message. But in Jeremiah... <laughs> It's true. I really love this stuff. So in Jeremiah, yesterday when I was, pra I was practicing, because it's always good to practice, I was practicing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just spent like 15 minutes explaining the whole backstory of like Judah and Samaria and Israel and all that stuff. So I'm not going to do that today. Um, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about who he was talking to. So in the book of Jeremiah, basically what's happened is um, Israel was split into two the one is gone. They've been conquered. They're gone. They're out of the picture. Judah is left, but man, they're weak. And every few years, the Babylonians are coming and they're getting them. Man, they are attacking them. They are taking away their treasure. They are taking away their people. They are fighting them. They are like getting beat up, right? And this happens every few years. So Jerusalem is like feeling it, okay? So basically what had happened in the story of Jeremiah is Jeremiah is this prophet that was sent to give God's word to the people saying, hey guys, get your stuff together because if you don't, he's going to take you all into captivity and, you know, you guys are going to be no more. So Jeremiah in this book was writing to the people. Now who he was writing to in this particular passage was a group of captives. Now, these captives had been kidnapped from their home during a battle or after a battle, right? So, like, after this battle is over, the Babylonians go and they take people. They take the smartest. They take the most talented. They take the most creative. They take the ones that are the most skilled in their areas, and they bring them back to Babylon to make their city great, right? So these people have just experienced a trauma, right? They have been forcefully taken from their homes. And they are in Babylon. And Jeremiah is writing a letter to them. And here's what he says. In verse 4. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. The God of Israel says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. 
Build homes. Plan to live in them. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Well, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Wait. You know I was kidnapped, right? I'm not supposed to be here. Gets better. Get married. Have kids. Then find spouses for your kids so they can have kids. And we're not done. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work. <laughs> and work for the prosperity and peace of the city where I sent you into exile. Oh my, what? Pray <laughs> to me, to the Lord, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Oh my goodness, that is not what I was expecting. God, what I am dealing with right now is not okay and you need to get me out of here. This was not my fault. And I'm here, and you need to get me out. That's not what he's saying. We're going to go a little bit further. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who were with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then, but then. I'm going to stop right there. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much meat here, guys. Listen. Those people were in a position that they should not have been in. It was unjust. It was not cool. Not okay what had just happened to God's people. But he said something that they didn't expect. He actually gives us instruction. How often are we in a place that we don't want to be in? Maybe it's a place that we put ourselves in, but we don't want to be there. And we're like, God, get me out of here, or I'm going to be mad at you, or I'm going to blame you, or I'm going to tell people, God didn't help me, God's not helping me, I'm waiting on you to move, God. Or worse, what if it's a situation that you didn't have any control over, like these folks? Man, that was not right. Trauma. They were unjustly taken from their homes, kidnapped. Oh man, that's not cool. It was not their fault. But they're there. But you're there. Your fault or not, you're there in this position and you're waiting on God to move. So what are you going to do? Well, let's talk about that. God gives us some pretty clear instruction right in that particular area of scripture. What does he say? First, he says, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, get to work. Oh man, that's one of my favorite themes in the Bible. God, <laughs> God always wants us to do something. He wants us to move. He wants us to work. He wants us to make our own effort, to make our way prosperous, right? Build houses. What do you have? What can you do? 
Oh, it's hard to get started, folks. It is hard. Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes you're waiting on God to put the right things in your hands so that you actually, like, once you get that thing, then you can start. Nope, that's not what God says. God says, work now. Are you waiting on him? God says, don't wait anymore. Move on. Keep going. God says, keep going. God says, get to work. God says, don't wait on me to bring that thing because I'm going to give you that thing when it's time. I'm going to give you that thing when it's time. God says, get to work. What do you have in your hands? What can you do to, excuse me, to solidify the position that you're in, right? Okay, well, I'm in this place when I, I was in college and I dropped out of college one semester because I was having a tough time and it was hard. And I was struggling with even the decision to drop out of college for that semester. And I got to that place and I was like, okay, I know that I need to do this, I need to let the semester go, and I need to go away for the summer, and I need to get it together. So I got a job, and I worked and I worked and I worked as much as I could, and I paid off all my debt in that couple of, couple of months while I was waiting for the semester to start again. Right? I could have been a time where I felt like I was in limbo and I didn't do anything. But instead, I took control of that time and I said, what can I do? Well, I can work on this. I'm not working on my classes, so let me work on my financial situation. And I was able to pay off like $5,000 in debt. And to a college student, man, that's like a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Those shell credit cards, man, they're not just for gas, apparently. <laughs> I took that time, guys, and I used it. That's what God wants us to do. So where are you when you're in a position? I'm in the, I was in this position a couple of weeks ago where I'm just waiting on God to move and I'm getting mad at him. And then I'm feeling like I lack authority in the kingdom. My not seeing God move immediately was making me look at this, my current circumstance and making me feel powerless over it, which is not of God. Because my situation wasn't changing and I was putting my opinion on God's timetable and that's not how it works. So what can you do right now? When I got my student loans uh, a couple of years ago, March 2020 actually, got my student loans forgiven. Oh my gosh, big deal. Huge deal. I mean huge. It was like $27,000 or something that got forgiven. Big deal. Because I worked for a nonprofit organization and they started that whole thing and whatever. I don't know what's going on. I what now, and I'm not going to comment. But, um, <laughs> but when I first made that call, they told me, "You're not going to be qualified unless you make payments of almost $600 a month for the next however long." And I'm like, "Well, I can't do that. Do you know my financial position?" This was like 2016. Do you know, you know how much people that make, people making that work for nonprofits, that's why they have this forgiveness program because it's a nonprofit and they don't make money, so they don't give it. <laughs> okay, well that's what they said. This is what I gotta do. I'm gonna do it. I could have said, well, I can't. I cannot make it happen. 
So I'm not going to and say, God, please just make this happen for me. No, there was a task at hand. I had to take responsibility for it. I remember talking to my husband about it. Babe, I, I'm so sorry. we got to start making these bigger payments. I know it feels hard. We can keep going. But it looks like if I do these bigger, big, I mean, this was three times what we were paying already. If we do these big payments, there's a chance that my student loans will get forgiven. And I'm so sorry I brought this debt into our marriage. I felt bad. But I had to do it. I had to do it. It was tough. I had to make it work, though. I had to make it work. This was the task at hand. God wants us to obey before he blesses us sometimes. He wants us to just get started, right? And when we just get started, sometimes that excitement comes, right? The Bible says in, um, I think it was Ezra, where they were getting ready to like finish the Lord's temple and they had quit and they walked away from it. And God said, hey, you guys need to get back to work. Well, they all listened to the word and they got back to work. And guess what? The Lord sparked their enthusiasm after they became obedient to him. It became easier once they got going, once they started moving. The wheel started turning. And before you know it, the temple was built. Then, after they obeyed, then they got excited about the work. After they got started. The next thing is, the Bible said what God told them to do. Take wives. Get married. Have kids. Find partners for your kids. And let them have kids. Oh my goodness. God, do you know how long that's going to take? Do you know what you're asking me? You know what this means? Move on. Keep moving. Don't wait. Don't let your life stop because you're waiting on God to do something in your life. Don't let his plan, don't think that his plan is going to be put on pause because you're waiting on this one thing to come. Oh, he's got it. He's got it all set up for you. But here's the thing. He wants us to do the things that he's called us to do, and then we can get the blessing. Listen, continue with his plan. This is, this is his original plan from Genesis, right? Be fruitful and multiply. Hey, just keep going. Just keep moving. He's saying, this has not changed my plan for your life. This thing that you're waiting on, this, you're feeling like it's stopping and nothing has changed. My life, my plan for your life is still the same. He does not change. He does not change. What else happens when you find a spouse, you have children, you're rooted in a community. You don't do life alone. Hey now, hey now, why are y'all here, right? We have a common interest. We got Jesus. Man, when we have friends that have the same belief system as us, when we have a community, a family that has the same belief system as us, then we can bond together. And that makes life easier. When you know you have someone that you can call, when you have someone that believes the same things as you, that you can come and lock arms with, 
There's power in community. Keep moving. Give. Ooh, this one was so good. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. That's a different version that's on the screen. But um, and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will find your peace. God, do you know what they did? Do you know what happened, how I got here? Do you remember what happened, that crazy thing? That's not cool. You want me to pray for them? You want me to give them my best effort? Do you know how they treated me? God says, yes, I know. And I want you to pray for the city that took you captive. I want you to pray for the people that took you captive. I want you to pray for the people that did you wrong. I want you to pray for the boss that overlooked you for that promotion time and time again. I want you to pray for the mom that treated you poorly and abused you. I want you to pray for that dad. I want you to pray for those people didn't treat you right because when they're doing good, you're going to be doing good. Character, character builder, it's not easy. Let me tell you, I've been doing my job, I've been at my position, uh, at my organization for 16 years. I started when I was 12. <laughs> I was all in from then on. Been at my job for a long time, about eight years into it. Working in nonprofits, I work with disadvantaged and at-risk youth, and it's hard. It's not easy. You see a lot of kids come in and go, and some of them just make bad decisions and after you pour into them. And it was like I was exhausted, and the condition of the work environment wasn't always the best. And I was praying for a new job. Me and my husband were believing. We sowed a seed. And believe me when I tell you, I cried almost every morning because of the stress that I had to deal with on the job, because of the pressure, because of what I knew I was going to face. It was so hard. So I started sending out resumes. And I didn't get any calls back. And guys, I'm... I'm not, I'm not like trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I'm educated, I'm dedicated, I'm a hard worker, like I'm a good hire, like I'm not looking for a job, so it's okay, but I'm a good hire. I got a lot of experience, I can do a lot of different things. And I was not getting any traction. Okay, God, you see, you see how I'm getting treated at work, right? You see how that's going? What? are you doing year goes by year goes by nothing another year nothing and there was one night my husband and i sat at the top of the stairs at our old house and i cried and yelled and cried and yelled at god i'm not doing anything in this situation i felt like i was dying 
inside. Because I have every, your work consumes you, right? And if you hate it, oh, it was so hard, so hard. And then nothing happened. And I had to look at my circumstances and say, well, I'm here, so I gotta get to work. I guess, I guess I gotta work hard. I guess I gotta do the things that I'm supposed to be doing at work. And I guess I gotta do it to the best of my ability. And you know what? I'm gonna add Jesus into the situation. I crafted a prayer about the school and every morning when I walked in that door, I went into my office, I closed my door and I prayed that prayer out loud over the school. I worked harder. I made plans for the school to make it better and I would bring them to my boss or my supervisor and they would get shot down and that's okay. I would bring more plans and they would get shot down and that's okay. Two years, two more years, folks. But I was in it. I said, I'm here. So I'm gonna work for the welfare of the place that I'm in in spite, because there's still fruit that can come out of it. There's still something that God wants me to do because I'm still here. If I'm still here, God still wants me to do something here, apparently, right? Our time is never wasted unless we waste it. No, no. Oh, I remember one day in July, my boss called me into his office and I'm like, well, I'm either getting fired or, oh no. <laughs> uh, that's like the thought that went into my mind. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we've created a new position. We want you to work from home. We want to give you a 20% raise. I could have took the situation into my own hands. I could have walked away. I could have just quit in a fit of rage one day because I was not always treated right. I was not always treated respectfully. I was not always treated the way I deserved to be treated as a child of God, but God knew he had something better for me, but he just wanted me to hold on to build my character. Minister Annette calls them sandpaper, sandpaper personalities, and I'm like, well, that's one way to put it. <laughs> I grew so much from being in that position, but not only that, like, look at God. Look at God. Oh, my goodness. That was not even on the horizon. We have 11 people on our staffs, folks. This is not a, like, we're moving and shaking and growing and building kind of place. This is, we're just going to maintain... They shouldn't have created a new position because it's not that kind of an organization. But you know what? God said, God said, we're going to make a new position for Aaron. It doesn't matter if my boss goes to church or not. He doesn't. They don't. God said, God said. This Last point in here is really kind of interesting, right? Because God starts talking about, God starts talking about the prophets and the people that are around. Um, and 
And he's saying, don't listen to those people that are having these dreams that are saying, you know, whatever. So basically what was happening is there's other prophets that got taken away with them. And they were saying, God came to me in a dream and it's going to be okay. <laughs> he's going to come get us and all this is going to be over, basically. This is what these other prophets were saying. And God's saying, no, 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 don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. What they're saying might feel good, but it ain't right. We don't want to build false hope. Listen, the voices that we listen to, they determine the path that we follow. How many of you have ever read like uh, Amazon reviews and been like, and there's like 26,000 Amazon reviews and you read one that, and it's like a five-star product, but you read the one that says the button didn't work and you're like, oh no, those buttons on that product don't work, so no, no. That's the one. <laughs> ah, getting that. And then we sell ourselves short, folks. When we are in a position, we of, of like a bad position, guys, if you seek out other people that are in that crappy position with you, what junk are they going to fill your mind with? You know, right? You know what? That's right. They should not talk to you that way. You are worth more than that. You need to get out of there. Yeah, that's right. You need to get out of here. They obviously don't know who I am and what I'm capable of, so I'm got to go. Oh, yeah, it feels good, but it ain't the word of the Lord for my life, for that, for that, posi for that situation. That's not the word of the Lord for your life. Feels good. You want to hear it. You want to hear people agree with you. Is it what God's saying? Is it what God is saying? A lot of times, folks, God is telling us things. It's the thing that's the most uncomfortable, but it's the thing that brings us the most calm in here, in here. There's a big difference between satisfaction of the flesh and the peace of the spirit. And you can feel it and you know what's right and what's wrong. It's just one is really hard to do. But God has given us the strength to do it. He's given us the power to do it. He's given us everything that we need. Let me tell you, this is not, I don't, this is not in my notes, but First Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And the kingdom of God lives in us. So not only do we have to say, Right, but saying, speaking is not enough. We have to do. That word power there is power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature, which a person must exert or put forth, right? So it's there. You've got it in there, but you've got to put it out. It's got to come out and you got to be the one to do it. It's there because it's your nature to have the kingdom in you, to have kingdom strength in you, to have kingdom power in you. It's there, guys. It's there. God put it in you because it's your nature. As a child of God, you got it. You got it. But you got to exert it. That's the hard thing. 
That's the strength that has to come out of you. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna do this hard thing. I'm gonna make the hard decision, I know. It's not gonna be easy. I know that I'm gonna have to cut my spending in other areas because I gotta start making these huge payments. I know. But I know that I can do it. I trust God. I trust what he's gonna do because he said. Because he's a good God. Because he's faithful. Mm-hmm. He is so faithful. Let me tell you. God has given us these instructions, right? Right? Get to work. Keep moving. Don't put your life on pause. Make sure that you listen to the voices that are around you and make sure you're dif dif discerning who you're listening to and pray for the place that you're in and put all of your effort and all of your honor in that place. Guard your heart. Guard your heart around the people. Guard your heart around the situation. Guard your heart because you're still there. And if you let your heart turn, you lose your power. God's given us all these things because you know what? I haven't even gotten to the good part yet. Because there's a promise. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will be found by you. I will be found by you. I will end your captivity. I will restore your fortunes, everything you've lost, if you trust me. I'll give it all back and so much more. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Hold on to God's promises. says in Psalm 56, I will praise you for your promises. Not for what you've done. I will praise you for your promises. I will praise you for what you've said. I will praise you for your promises. The Bible says from the, where the sun rises to where the sun sets, you inspire shouts of joy. That's our God. He's placed seeds inside of us, seeds of life, seeds of joy. And that's what he has for us. Fires. Shouts of joy. When you can look at a situation and you can say, I praise you, God, because you are good in spite of what's happened. In spite of what I'm looking at. I'm going to close with this. When, my, when I was little, my mom was in an accident. She stopped in front of a bus and she had significant brain, dead, brain injury from then on. From the time I was seven years old, I believed God that he was gonna heal her. We went through prayer line, 
after prayer line, and I fully expected she's going to get out of her wheelchair. Her voice was going to go back to normal. Her brain capacity was going to be there. I believed it. And last year, in September, I got to hold her hand as she met Jesus. She didn't experience the healing that I expected. I didn't see her walk again. But God knows exactly what he was doing in her. He's, she's with him now. I think about her all the time and I say like, should I pray for her or I don't? How does that, tell her, I said, hi, how does that work? She's, she's healed now. I don't know why I didn't see it on this side, but I know she's healed now. I've seen God move in my life. I've seen God do what I think is delay. But really he's just operating in his timing and not mine. You see, staying power is not just for a season. Staying power is something that we need for a lifetime. Because there will always be seasons where we need to hold on to the word of God. We need to hold on to what we say, what he said. We need to hold on to what he promised us because it doesn't look like it's going to work out. See, that's something that we need for a lifetime. Four years was that job transition. 2015, we started looking for a house. Multiple offers that were declined, and we stopped. But in 2017, God said, you guys aren't even the best offer, but you're going to get the house that you're in now. 2018, we lost a baby. But 2019, had a beautiful baby girl. That was hard. There's no, I don't know why. But God had a plan. He's going to make it right. Let me tell you. The situation with my mom, man, that was hard. But I know that God is good. I know that God is good, and that is what I believe over that situation, and I know that he's with her. I know that he's with her, and she's dancing and doing all that fun stuff that she would have loved to be doing. 2021, I had a beautiful baby boy, and they told me he can't hear completely. He's got mild hearing loss. Well, you know what? My God said, He's whole and he can hear. And we have not gotten that doctor's report yet, but I'm believing for it. So y'all can pray for me with it. 
and I'll let him wear his hearing aids and one day he will get that report that his hearing is fully restored. I believe it. I believe God. We see things all the time, folks. What are we gonna do with them? Staying power is for a lifetime. You can't just give up and walk away. You need to have endurance. You need to have patient endurance and you need to believe that God is who he says he is. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. That's who he is. Oh man, that's who he is. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.